0: Father, we just come to you this evening. We just want to say, Lord, we love you. The midst of all that is happening. How true and how awesome is your promise. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I will be with you till the very end. Oh Father, we just thank you. You are here with us now, and you are with your children, wherever they are, whichever corner of the world they are, you are with them. (coughs) Now we understand so much more, Lord, what you told your disciples. It is good for you that I go, and when I go, I will send you a counselor just like me. He will be in you, and he will be with you forever. Spirit of God, we just thank you. We just bless you, Lord, for being with us. As I speak your word, I pray you cleanse my tongue, anoint my tongue, that the word that goes forth will fall like rain from heaven, like dew on the grass. Like fire on the hardest heart. Like the launderer's soap. Do your work, O Lord. Which only you can do. Bind every power of darkness around the world. Cause people to stop hearing. Bind you in Jesus' name. Let there be a release in every place where your people are gathered. A release, supernatural release. Liberty in the spirit in the soul, even in the body. To focus God and his word alone. Speak, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We'll go to Matthew chapter 6. Yeah, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is somewhere right in the middle of Jesus' greatest teaching to his disciples and to the rest of us in history, in time. His teaching and bringing the focus of his people to the kingdom of God. And through everything that he's doing is basically to bring our hearts, our minds, as Pastor preached from Colossians 3, to things that are about to the kingdom of God. If you look at Matthew chapter 5 where he begins, in chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 and 3, and seeing the multitudes, the crowds, he went upon a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. So you will see Pharisees like we saw yesterday, a crowd and the disciples. He went up the mountain. And when he was seated, you don't see the crowds there. You only see the disciples come to him. And scripture says he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, and the first thing he says is like, it goes like a sword through their soul. Because it's everything contrary to everything they have heard and understood in the Old Testament. He says, blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he begins by turning their attention to the kingdom of heaven, and not about this world. Chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, everything. It says that three chapters are the manifesto of the kingdom. Please, unless we have kingdom first principle, we will not understand what the Lord is saying. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2, the precursor to Jesus Christ, the final prophet introducing the king and the kingdom, all the prophets before that and the final one, therefore he is the greatest, John the Baptist in chapter 3, chapter 2, Matthew, when he begins, he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In chapter 4 and verse 17, when Jesus begins, this is what he says. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in chapter 5, we saw when Jesus goes up the mountains and the disciples are seated over there, he begins by saying, Blessed are the poor, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So the f- these three chapters, 5, 6, and 7, he is speaking to them, turning everything upside down in their minds. But let me tell you, they didn't understand anything. Or rather, they misunderstood everything. In chapter 7, 28 and 29, this is the reaction. Of everybody. Because some of the crowd also must have come up there. So it was when Jesus ended these sayings. That the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as scribes. It's like people will say like no. Like you know any preacher who preaches. And he preaches powerfully will say. Wow Sabash pastor what a message. God alone knows what they understood. And how they understood. They're all saying, "Sabash, Sabash!" wow, at his, astonished at his teaching. And he said he was speaking with authority, not like the scribes, because these are old covenant people. They're all old covenant people. And the problem is that if we read scripture with the old covenant mindset, which is the shadow, we will miss the substance. Please understand this. I have to reiterate this over and over and over. Even in times like this, you will see people are seeing through the Old Covenant eyes. All the Old Covenant promises were connected to this physical, temporal, and material world. Almost all. Almost all. To this physical, temporal, and material world. What the Old Covenant people, that is Israel, was promised was a land, a physical land, which is called Israel. Until today, they are fighting to retain that land. We are not fighting to retain anything. But they are still fighting, because their promises are connected to a particular land called the promised land, which was called Canaan. And all the promises they received was connected to that land. So whenever they heard, even when Jesus was speaking, whenever he talked about the kingdom of God, To them, it meant the kingdom of Israel. And the thought about David, the son of David, is all connected with that. Even after he died, even after he rose again, till the day he departed, 40 days he was with us. If you look at Acts chapter 1, and you read verse 1 to 3, and then later we'll go to 6 to 9, you will see, yes, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, that is, the 40th day, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So even when he was his three and a half ministry, and then after he died and rose again on the third day, and even those 40 days post-resurrection, all his teaching to the apostles was about the kingdom of God, kingdom of God. And the problem is they're still not getting it. They're still not getting it. He, through the Holy Spirit, is teaching about the kingdom. His message never changed. His message was always about the kingdom of God. Not about this earth, not about this world, not about life on this world, but the kingdom of God. So if you look at verse 6 to 9, look at their reaction. 6 to 9. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Still, they're not getting it. He said, it is not for you to know these times or season which the Father has put his own authority. He said, you're not getting it. There's a time for that. That's different. You're not getting it, he said. "Okay. Instead, you will receive the Holy Spirit. When you be- receive the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with my Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. And then you will become my witnesses, the witnesses of the king and the kingdom in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you will always see this obsession with life on earth. And that made them see and interpret the kingdom of God wrongly. If we are caught in this life and the problems that are happening, we will read the kingdom of God wrongly, like they did. Like they did. Psalm 24. Verses 3 to 4. Again, the disciples ask a question. Okay, sorry, Matthew 24. Matthew 24, not Psalm, Matthew 24. They're asking a question about the kingdom. What do they ask? Now he sat on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to them privately. I like that, okay? Whenever he sits down on a mountain, they have to come to him. He's still seated on the throne, but we need to go to him privately and publicly. This is a public setting. We are going to him. He is still seated in a high place. We go to him. We go with our doubts about the kingdom. He will answer us. Or we are in our own studies sitting with the word of God. We are still privately going to him. And our questions should not be about the pandemic about how to read it through the kingdom eyes. Or tell me about the kingdom. My focus is not this world. My focus is about your kingdom. So they came to him saying, privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And you know, look at Jesus' answer. He said, look, he said to them, answer and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Okay, He says, you know what, don't get fooled. You know how you and you and can get fooled. as soon as our eyes are taken away from the kingdom and come down, we get fooled. And we read everything wrong. Don't get deceived. The first thing is this, do not get deceived. Why? Because chapter one, chapter two of the Bible, Genesis one, two, and when we have chapter three and verse one, the deceiver comes. Chapter 3 of Genesis, verse 1. And we tell—we already looked at him yesterday. He was made perfect in beauty, perfect in wisdom, incredibly wise. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. So into him, the devil entered. Okay, he entered. Into the devil, he entered. And the devil's deceiver of our souls, the deceiver of mankind comes. And deception begins in the garden. Okay. Deception begins in the garden. God doesn't stop him. God doesn't stop him because he's already spoken the truth to them. So God doesn't stop the devil even now. We have heard the truth. And when he speaks to us, we have to judge him by what we have heard. That's why you can only avoid deception by knowing the truth. That's why Jesus prayed over his church, Father, sanctify them by your truth, and your word is the truth. That's, everyone has to be very, very good students of the word of God, and few of us should be teachers. Not all. Please don't teach if you're not a good student of the word of God. So you will see from Revel- Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, all the way till Revelation 20. Okay, so two chapters in the beginning, two chapters left at the end. Okay, four chapters of the entire Bible. Verse 7 and 8. All the way, deception is working. And 7 and 8 is the most unbelievable verses in the Bible. When thousand years have expired. So in these thousand years, when Jesus is ruling on earth. Perfect rule of the Son of Man. Kingdom of God has come down to earth. The kingdoms of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No sickness? No pandemic, no poverty, no pollution, absolutely perfect, righteous rule of Jesus Christ. No lack, no fear, no war, absolute peace. Christ and the saints are ruling. Satan is locked up. Satan is locked up. The deceiver is locked up. Yet after living under that perfect rule without the deceiver in play, when he's released after a thousand Scripture says, Satan will be released from his prison, <coughs> and he will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. is it power of deception. Wow. Okay, so please remember, whether they walked with Jesus for three and a half years, whether people... Visible rule of Jesus Christ for a thousand years. We don't guard our hearts constantly. Our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our ears, our faculties, and constantly offer our bodies as a living sacrifice and do not conform to the pattern of the world and allow the Holy Spirit through the word to renew our mind. All of us are susceptible to deception. Okay. So the question need to be asked is, why do people get deceived? Why does God allow people to be deceived? The answer is given in that book of Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 9 to 12. Okay, when the enemy is reigning, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. Okay, who are the lawless ones? All mankind who won't receive Jesus Christ. So coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist especially is, according to the working of Satan, with all power, sign and lying wonders, the power, the signs, and the wonders are all lying. Aim to deceive you. You are not questioning the genuineness of the signs or wonders in the physical realm, but the purpose is deception. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish, the deception is unrighteous. Itself is unrighteous among those who perish. And the only reason is because they did not receive the love of the truth that they may be saved. Okay, It's not that I, you, I and you need to receive the whole truth. It's a process. It's not that what is important. We need to receive the love of truth. I don't need to know the whole Bible to get saved. I don't need to receive the love to hear the word of God. That's the problem. Even now, we are here. Okay? I don't even call it a sacrifice. It's of a joy to be here. I haven't gone home in five days. Okay? I haven't gone home in five days. And some of us just rush in, run in and come back. Okay? But it's of a joy to serve the Lord. And it is up there. And there are so many people on the GTC WhatsApp group. Everybody. Do you choose to listen? It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Are you choosing to listen? And maybe you cannot because you're a mother with small children and you have to understand. But after that, when you're free, are you choosing to listen? The recording is also available. It's a choice people make. And the choice is made because of a desire that is inside. It's a love for truth. When you have a love for something, you will always realize you will always have time for that thing. Okay, all our people, no young people when they were especially young, were so busy, 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 busy. But when they fell in love, the phones were busy, 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 busy. (laughs) What? Suddenly they have time. You will always have time for something you love. Something you love. So you will see when young boys, when they love sports, they have time for it. The time doesn't matter. You may be sitting in India and they may be playing in South Africa or Australia. Time zones are irrelevant now. Oh, World Cup football. Let's say soccer. World Cup football. Oh boy, two in the morning alarm is set and you are sitting there. You know what? It is the love of that sport that cost you. Or India. Movie crazy unlike any other nation, especially Tamil Nadu. A Rajini movie is released. My gosh. They are standing from early morning in the queue to get that ticket. ek first first day first show. I don't know what thrill you get out of it, but you know what? When you love something or love somebody, you will always have time and a passion for it. And God says those who are deceived is because they did not receive the love of truth. And please remember truth is a person. It's a person. It's a person. Truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the truth. Person. You receive that love for him. If they had received the love of truth, they would have been saved. They would have been saved. They did not receive the love for the person. Christianity was just a religion. It was never connected with a person. And then verse 11. And for this reason... God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. This is incredible, okay? That's what Romans one. God hands them over, turns them over, turns them over, turns them over. He turns them over, okay? Because they did not receive the love of truth, God allows a delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness. So this is why this happens. So we will see the paradigm shift actually happens in the lives of people. That is when the day of Pentecost happens. When the Holy Spirit comes, falls upon them, fills them inside out. Then they start seeing the world and the life differently. Even Peter, even John, all those, you know, the mother who knelt before Jesus and said, this on the right, this on the left, everything is seen now differently. That's why we have to be very careful. Because if you see, read here with old covenant eyes, you and I will hear and read it wrong. That's why Jesus said, you have eyes, but you do not see. You have ears, but you do not hear. Why? Because your eyes and ears are not circumcised. Circumcision is a cutting away of the flesh. The flesh and the world are made for each other. If our flesh is alive, we will see everything differently. We will see with carnal eyes. We will even see this pandemic with carnal eyes. He says, your ears are not circumcised, your eyes are not circumcised. We will not see, we will not be able to even... Because every sign, everything, whether it's a miracle or a judgment, a plague... Or a, mir- or a healing. It's a sign. It's a sign. About the coming of the kingdom and the king. It's a sign. But we will read it completely different. In the old covenant, please remember, any calamity was seen as judgment, defeat and death. In the new covenant, even death is seen through the eyes of redemption and the kingdom. Therefore, it is seen as victory and not defeat. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 55 to 58, you see, because at the end of the pandemic is death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hates, where is your victory? Oh, hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law and verse 57, but Thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So death is seen as victory. Hell has lost its power. And in 58, therefore the apostle, God speaks through him to all of us. My beloved brethren, in the midst of this pandemic, stand steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's exactly when I was reading it. I saw like, no, in the midst of this pandemic, we are preaching more than we ever did. Yes. Standing steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And we know our labor is not in vain. In the Lord. It is not in vain. Okay. Because you don't see defeat anymore. If I am defeated, in the new covenant, in Christ, then Christ is defeated. Christ is never defeated. Christ is never. If I am in Christ... So the focus is in the person of Jesus Christ. And the focus is a place, the kingdom of God, we saw in the morning. Right? At your mind, your heart, beyond things above. Hebrews twelve two, you don't have to there. Fix your eyes on Christ Jesus. Hebrews 3 will say, keep your eyes fixed on the high priest of our confession. On a person and where he dwells, the kingdom of God. If you take your eyes off that person, you will sink. Luke 14 and 26. This is what Jesus said. 14 26. Anyone comes to me. Anyone comes to me. And does not hate his father and mother, wife and children. If you are unmarried attachment to your dad and mom, if you're married, your wife and your children, then brothers and sisters. Yes, his own life. You cannot be my disciple. A disciple first is the master. In this pandemic, if you're a disciple, even if you love your own spouse more than Christ, fear will come in. If you are a mother listening and you love your little child more than Christ, panic will come in. The panic connected with the pandemic will start getting into your heart. You have taken your eyes from the lover of your soul. You swore him allegiance when you got baptized. I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. As long as Peter's eyes were on Jesus, the water became solid ground. But the minute he took his eyes off Jesus, he started sinking. He started sinking. That was a sign to all of us in the midst of this pandemic. If we take our eyes off Jesus and start looking around and looking at the people who are with us, he says, you will sink. You will sink. That is what Colossians 2.17 is talking about. Don't look with Old old Covenant eyes. All that you saw in the Old Covenant under the law is good, but it is just a shadow. Old Covenant is a shadow of things to come. But the things to come has already come. Who is that? Christ Jesus has come. So the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Christ has come. The substance is Christ. So the physical and the material has become spiritual. Because the spiritual is what is real. But the kingdom of God is spiritual. Third realm is spiritual. That is what is real. All blessings in the old covenant are physical and material. But we are now in the kingdom of God. And all the blessings we are looking primarily are spiritual. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. What is that? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So it does not matter how your condition on this earth, if you are in the kingdom of God, you will always know I am the most blessed. Because I have been blessed with every blessing. I don't need one more blessing. I have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the it's Christ Jesus. That's the kingdom of God. I'll show you something. The difference with the old covenant and the new covenant. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. 20 verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, and your days may be long upon the land which your God, your Lord, is giving you. If there was any man who walked on earth from the beginning till his end, who honored his father and mother, it was Jesus. Yet he died at 33. But he lives forevermore. (laughs) He lives forevermore. You wanna, you wanna read it with the old covenant eyes? Some of God's greatest servants died when they were young. But they never died. They never died. They live forevermore. Okay, so don't read old covenant, new, even the old covenant promises with old covenant eyes. Old covenant eyes. That was the problem with the disciples. Man is born blind. Lord, who sent this man? God said, it's for the glory of God. You're not getting it. You're walking with me and not understanding the kingdom. Not getting it. You're reading it. Because if you're poor today, the old covenant eyes will say, you're cursed. And God says, you are blessed. Because the poor listen. Better than the rich will struggle to enter into the kingdom of God because money gives you autonomy. And autonomy makes you watch something else because you can afford Netflix. The poor fellow will just manage to subscribe to an internet connection which is the lowest and he will watch the kingdom of God. Understand? Please understand this. Jesus died young. Yet he honored his father and his mother. Let me ask you fundamental questions. How many material physical promises are there in the new covenant? None. Hardly any. Hardly any. That's why all these preachers have to go to the old covenant. Hardly any. Why? Why are there no promises connected with this life in, not there in the new covenant? Because of the nature of our life on earth. In 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 9 to 11, this is, we love 9. Oh, we get, we get carried away by 9. Yes. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have... Every one of these preachers will only tell these two verses. They won't tell you the next one, because it doesn't suit with their theory. Beloved, I beg you, I beg you, as sojourners, aliens... Sojourn and pilgrims. What are you in this life? Pilgrims. pilgrims. Strangers. We are strangers in this world. Pilgrims in this world. The question is, if you are a pilgrim, how much stuff do you carry? How much stuff do you know? I mean, in India, we know, the most famous in Andhra is when Shabrimala opens. And even the airport to everywhere, you will see them in bag and clack. One small bag and one thing on their head. That's all they take. You know why? Because they know that's all they need. They're going and they're, just, they're not going to live there. And the whole life on earth after we have encountered Christ and been saved is called a pilgrimage. Suddenly the world becomes a strange place and we are strangers. It's not a familiar place anymore because we are seeing through the eyes of the king and the kingdom. This is a strange place and I'm a stranger, I'm an alien and I'm a pilgrim. But on the other hand, you don't see it that way. You'll get excited when things go well, and you will get depressed when things go wrong. Now we are in the season of Corona. No? The world usually has four seasons. uh, uh, Spring, summer, autumn, and Winter. So depending upon where you are, summer here, spring in Florida, winter in Europe, and maybe autumn, I don't know, in Australia. But all this four season has been compressed into one season around the world. It's called Corona season. One season. All the spiritual forwards you are getting today is connected with Corona. Seven steps how to avoid Corona. Pray this prayer for Corona. Honestly, you get tired. Corona, 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 Corona. From Matthew all the way to the book of Acts, you have a series of proclamations about the kingdom. And healing is connected with the kingdom, displaying the power of the kingdom. Preach the gospel of the kingdom and heal the sick. Heal the sick. Okay? That's it. The kingdom is preached. The kingdom is a kingdom of power. And it's a sign heal the sick so that they will understand the power of the kingdom. That is history. Matthew to the book of Acts is a historical account of the ministry of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the apostles through the Holy Spirit. After that, Romans begins. Romans to Revelation is a doctrine. If you start from book of Romans and go all the way to Revelation, strictly speaking, there are only two verses connected with healing. It's found in James chapter 5, 14 and 15. Two verses strictly connected with healing. Two verses. Of the entire doctrinal text of the new covenant in Romans 1 all the way to Revelation. Connected strictly with the healing we are talking about. Two verses. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will defo-. This is only two verses. Everything all they are trying to juggard in it. Even the Peter by his stripes he will heal. It is got a different. It doesn't say you will be healed. By his stripes you are healed. Meaning in Christ you have already by faith received a resurrected body in which there is no sickness. That's what it is actually talking about. Okay? So you have to understand all the verses they are using, which is true. It is, I'm not saying any of that is true. But the problem is the focus is wrong. The focus is not Christ, it is Corona. It's a different sea. Instead of Christ, the focus is on Corona. The focus is not on the kingdom of God, it's on the kingdom of this world. Okay. Yet you will talk about, the Bible talks about, in the, the doctrinal text, it talks about sick people. In Philippians 2, 27, you have Epaphroditus, yes. If that's how you, how you pronounce his name. Philippians 2, 27. Sorry. Got it? Two twenty-seven. Or shall I? Re- yeah. For indeed, he was sick almost unto death. This is, a, this is a disciple, Okay, these are good guys. These are not sinners who did not love the receive the lover. These are good guys working with Paul. But God had mercy on him. And also, he doesn't say how did he get healed. So God's mercy. God's mercy. God had mercy on him. In Second Timothy chapter four and verse twenty, Trophimus, Erastus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus I left him in military sick. Paul, you wait, need to wait. You wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute, Paul. You got it wrong, aren't you? Paul? Doesn't your handkerchief, the anointing on the handkerchief, heal people? Don't you believe in health, wealth? Don't you believe in this proclamation? You mean to le- mean to say that you left your partner, one of your disciples who are following you, sick? But the focus was not on those things. Ah. It did not stop their ministry. Just because somebody fell ill, that does not mean that the kingdom of God was not working in him or through him. In First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 23, 5 and verse 23, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent if, modern term for that, irritable bowel syndrome. Meaning a constant stomach problem. Who is that? Timothy. Because he was mama's boy. It's constant stomach problem. Okay. And what does Paul say? Timothy, you have no faith. No faith, Timothy, no faith. Hmm? Didn't you hear Joel Austin and Joseph Prince, Timothy? You have no faith. Not good, Timothy, not good. Man, drink some wine. You have a digestion problem. That's why, you know, there is no jealousy those days, no digestion those days. So he says, drink some wine. It's good for your digestion. That's why your stomach is always giving you trouble. You see how they looked at sickness and how we look at sickness? The New Testament teaching is always, don't lose your focus. Get ready. Be prepared for the day of the Lord, whether you're sick or well. It does not matter. You never know when he may come. Don't change your focus. In Second Corinthians chapter four, verses 16 to 18, this is what Paul says. We know it very well, but those who are listening online. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Why do they don't lose heart? The outward man? Paul realized, aches, pains. Joints are hurting, back is hurting, many, many wounds on his body. Some of them may not have healed. And he's got this messenger from the devil himself who's troubling him day and night. We don't know what it is and a lot of presumptions, but it troubles him. And he's got no deliverance or healing for it. God said, I'm not giving it to you. Outed man is perished, everybody's. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. That is the key. Is the inward man being renewed? Is his soul getting Fatter and fatter. Not leaner and leaner. Fatter and fatter. And you realize God is not sending your leanness into your soul. You are getting fatter and fatter in your soul. And how do they look at everything that is happening in the physical world and to their body? Light affliction. let Light affliction. Which is for a moment. How do they see life on earth? A moment. So when God said whisper, they said exactly. No, vapor? Your life on earth is a vapor? He said, hallelujah, Lord. A moment. I agree with you fully. Life on earth is a moment. Is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We are looking into eternity. All this is irrelevant. Why? Where was their focus? That's the next verse. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen include this pandemic. Are temporary. How do I look at the temporary? If today it is now 8.40 in India, today is the what day is today? I have lost count. What day is today? Tuesday. T- Tuesday. the 24th, right? Tuesday the 24th, 8.40. 8.45, Jesus steps in, the pandemic is gone. 40, 8.46 p.m., Jesus steps in, pandemic is over. I'm not preparing for the pandemic, I'm preparing for him can prepare for the pandemic and die and never have been prepared for him. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And our ministry in within the church is always to prepare people for that. When you're prepared for that, it doesn't matter what the next one is. You're always prepared. These things don't bother you. And your forwards and WhatsApp, everything will be Corona, 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 Corona. It won't be about Corona, it will be about Christ. Our focus should be get people into the kingdom. Those who are there, keep them in the kingdom. See that they stay in the kingdom, not like Hebrew 6. After all this, if they follow it is impossible. And please don't go back, go back to the old testament. Don't go back to the law. Let me ask you this question. Was Were there healing promises under the law? Of course. Of course. Look at what God tells. In Exodus 15 and verse 26. And they have come out. During the Mara incident. And he said, if you diligently hear the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to all his commandments, keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. People go gung-ho over this. It's a promise, but be very careful how you read it. Now we go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and just a few verses, five or six verses. If you listen to my voice and obey my commandments diligently. Now look at the other side of it. If you diligently, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 15 onwards. 28, verse 15 onwards, okay? It shall come to pass, on the other hand, if you do not obey my voice. Of the Lord, your God. See, people will only speak about one side of the coin. They won't talk about the other side of the coin. If you diligently listen to my voice and keep all my commandments, this is what will not happen to you. On the other hand, if you don't, observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. I'm just listing a few curses. Curse shall be in the city, curse shall be in the country. That's exactly what's happened to the whole world. It doesn't matter where you are, the coronavirus is over you. Curse shall be your basket and your needing all. Then, curse shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Curse shall be when you come in, curse shall be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly. Because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me, the Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. You want to read more? You don't want to read more. So don't read Exodus 15-26 alone. Read the other side also. What? Why? Why? Because if you go to healing under the law, the problem is this, James chapter 2 and verse 10. If you go to the healing under the law and teach that as your source of your healing, the problem is that whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point is guilty of it. The curses come upon you. Let me ask you one thing. Was there one man in human history? under the law, who received healing by keeping the law. None. Not a single man. Ever received healing by keeping the law. You know why everyone in the old covenant or the new covenant received healing? It was a mercy of God. By faith, looked at the mercy of God and received. Whether it was Naman, whether it is Anybody in the Old Testament or New Testament, everybody received their healing because of the mercy of God by faith and not by keeping the law. Nobody ever received. And if there was any man who walked perfect health and never fell ill, it was Jesus Christ because he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law. He's the only one who obeyed the entire law he fulfilled the law, and then he went upon the cross, he took sin upon, and all the curses of the law came upon him. He became everything. in the city he was rejected, in the country he was rejected. Everything came upon him. So don't look at the law as a source of your healing. You are healed only by the mercy of God and the mercy of God alone. and all God looks is, do you believe? That's all Jesus had. Did Jesus, when he was walking on earth, or the people he came, did he ask anybody, did he keep the law? No. Did he keep the law? Did he keep the law? Did he go to Sabbath? Did he, did he keep the Sabbath? He, he never asked them that question. All he asked is, do you believe? Let it be unto you accordingly. You. Do you believe God is a merciful God? Do you believe God is a kind God? Do you believe God is a powerful God? Do you believe? That's all he asked. So stop this corona business and stop taking people back to the law you have to stop it Shucks. numbers 21 8 to 9 hindi corona numbers 21 the lord said this is people who rebelled they have never walked under the law Serpents are biting them. The Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole. It shall be there for everyone who is bitten. When he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole, so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. What did God say? Just look up and live. It hasn't changed. You want deliverance, look up and live. The finished work of Jesus Christ. That's all look. It doesn't come by the law. It is, doesn't come by taking people under the law. This is a constant this thing. Even when we are sending a forward from the old covenant it is not by keeping the law you get hold. It's looking at it and by faith falling at the mercy of God and say Lord I believe this is who you are heal me O Lord. It's only by faith at the mercy of God. Nobody gets healed by keeping the law. Nobody has. The first generation, Israel, that came out. They came out the most rebellious generation. Psalm 105 verse 37 talks about this generation. He also brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among his tribes. Khatam. That is the text of our wonderful prosperity brothers. Wealth and health. He brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among them. Let me ask you this question. Did they get their gold and silver by keeping the law? Because of the judgment upon Egypt. When they left, they gave it to them. They didn't earn it by doing anything. Because of the judgments of God They had favor It was entirely the work of God Let me ask you What is the parallel in In the new covenant Because don't read that And say it's okay because that's why the wealth of the wicked is kept for the, all that, all these jugad they will bring and lame and claim and fame and everything, okay? You have to look because if your eyes is on the kingdom and you're looking at the kingdom to come and one day when the kingdom comes or I die before that I go, then I come back with him and Christ will rule, then it's Matthew 5.5. 5. That's a parallel to this. Blessed other. the meek in inheritance. the earth. Does anybody preach that? Have you ever seen a meek rich man? No. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly. That's what he said. Is the earth his? Yes. The earth and his fullness belongs to him. Unless we understand this, we, we go carpet in our doctrine. Absolutely carpet in his doctrine. Psalm 105, verse 37 again. So we dealt with the wealth part. Now let us deal with the health part. There was none feeble among their tribes. Let me ask you this question. Why was there was nobody weak or ill among them? Is it because they kept the law? No. Is it because they had great faith? No. There was only one thing they did by faith. It said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. That was the only reason. So he humbled you. Allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know. Known that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Why? The only reason is because of what they ate. The food they actually ate for their physical body was from heaven. And that food... see. Why they walked in health was not because also of faith, because they had nothing else to eat. He sought to that they ate nothing else. And everyone, when they complained about something else and ate something else, they died. Yes. Yes. They're right. Yes. They're right. Everyone who died, if you look at it, many of them who died, they died because of what they, they didn't like what they ate. God is putting a picture there for us and says, if you are fed in your soul by my word that he proceeds from his mouth daily. You won't be feeble in your spirit, in your soul when these things come. You are strong. As a sojourner, as an alien in this land, you will walk strong. Your soul is not feeble because you have fed on his living word. That is why manna had to be eaten that day. It couldn't be eaten the next day. The word of God is living. He made it very clear. Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You getting a picture? So get these pictures very, very clear. The only thing they were forced to do by faith was eat manna. And therefore, they were not feeble. So they did not keep the law. Don't take the people back. It is only faith and faith alone. Everything in the Bible is about faith in God, faith in His Christ. And Hebrews 11 begins. Hebrews 11 begins. This is what he says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. It's the evidence of the unseen things. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. We've changed everything today. Look at the next words. What is the first good? By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen are not made by things which are visible. Did you see that? By faith. The first thing God says, do you believe there's a second and a third realm? And that realm created this realm? You are not the center of the universe. I am. Sun doesn't revolve around the earth. The earth does. It is not humanism. It's not going to work. And every ideology is an offshoot of it, where it's about man. It's about Christ. The gospel is about Christ. The gospel is about the kingdom of God. It's not about the kingdom of man. And these elders received a good report because by faith they believed it. They believed it. It's about faith. Faith in the unseen king and his kingdom. Abel by faith believed in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's why he offered blood. By faith. Unseen. He didn't. He didn't see. But he believed. It's the blood that saves. Enoch by faith walked with God. Chose to walk with the unseen at the cost of losing a walk with the seen. He was included his wife and children. Doesn't Bible say Moses left Egypt because he saw him that is unseen, invisible. So faith is talking about that kingdom. That is what is real. That is what is real. If we don't see, this pandemic will affect us and then when it is over, we'll go back to the world. It'll be just a few panic conversions. And everything is like, when Noah was warned of things unseen, who has seen a flood? Nobody. Things yet not seen, moved with godly fear. He didn't see, he didn't see anything for over 120 years. but pandemic is a seen thing because it has already been prophesied. So the question again tonight we ask is: we have a real situation like never before, which is true. It's acceptable. You have to accept the evidence of your eyes. It's pandemic and pandemonium, confusion, chaos. Governments have never in like you have to say never has a, India been shut down like this, totally shut down. Country is shut down. So the question is, what is God's intention behind this? I'm not, I, I don't want to know what the government's intention behind this. That's a find a vaccine. That's their intention. Man's intention is find a vaccine. In the interim period, different people have different intentions. Some to watch Netflix, some to spend time with God. Different intentions are there. Some children will say, thank you Lord, exams have been postponed, I hadn't studied, so this 10 days, parents will say, sit and study, sit and study exam will come after Mass 31. Intentions are different. We don't want to know what each man's, each woman's, each child's intention is. When something happens, the question we need to ask is, what is God's intention behind this? You ha- you don't do anything randomly. You're not a God who just threw everything into space and then relaxing and says, let things ki sarah, sarah. No, no, ki sarah. Whatever will be, will be. No. That's one of the songs which my mother taught me when I was very small, I was maybe six years, seven years old. Ki Sarah, whatever will be. When I was. I forgot the words also. I can't memorize like, Master of no? When I was just a little boy, I asked my mother, what should I be? Should I be handsome? Should I be rich? And here was a great reply. Kee, sara, sara whatever will be. He left to chance and fate. Now God said, this is not karma, chance or fate. It is me who's in control. Everything has a purpose behind it. There's no random things happening over here. Even if two meteors collide over there, Father knows. And he decided their trajectory. It may make no sense to us. It makes sense in the To of why they collided. As if we are the only people living over here. That's why God says when a woman prays or prophesies, let her cover her head, let her have a sign of authority because of the angels, the unseen, unseen realm. This unseen realm of two-thirds obedient angels and one-third disobedient angels, these are rebellious and these are obedient. And God says, "You, child of God, my woman, representing Eve, who was rebellious, you are not of Eve, you are of Christ. Put this over your head so that those angels will understand, I am under authority." I am not a rebel. I am a woman under authority. Let them see. Forget about man. There is a realm that is watching you too. That is why scriptures say she lifted her head up. That's the unseen realm. And she saw Isaac. And she asked, who is he? She got down. Who is he? And he says, that's your master. Scripture says, she called her I come under your authority. And every woman has a choice to become a daughter of Sarah or Rebecca or a daughter of Eve. And people fight over it. And then to... Not to agree. They have to go to Corinthians of this thing culture, and the, it is not there in the Bible. I will not go outside the Bible to support a habit which is written in the Bible. I will not go outside the Bible. The Bible will speak on its own. But it's up to you. We don't enforce these rules. But if you are called to pray or pro- prophesy, teach, in some, we'll always tell you. You want to do that, you need to cover. We never ask you to cover in the in the in the church. That Bible doesn't say. But when you come over here, when when, when a woman comes to the friend, she's moving into a position of authority. Like if uh, our dear sister is going to come and become the worship leader, she's she's a worship leader. She is leading others to worship. She's moving into a position of authority. And because of how God has ordained it, his order, he says, have a sign of authority over your head. And it's not hair hair represents a woman's glory. In the kingdom of God, only Christ has glory. Man represents Christ's glory as Christ represents man's glory. So man cannot cover his head because he's representing the glory of God. It's not about him, Lord. I would like to wear my latest cap and preach, Lord, but I cannot wear it because I reflect your glory, Lord. In your house, you should receive glory. If I cover my head, Lord, I am covering your glory in the house. The woman represents man's glory. Oh, in the house of God, only Christ should receive glory. Oh, sister, cover your head because your husband shouldn't receive glory in the house of God. It's Christ alone who should receive glory. This is what it means. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be seen through kingdom eyes. In the old covenant, it did not happen. Because it was not about the kingdom, like in the afternoon when we are talking about we talk about you have these thirty nine books in the old covenant, and you don't really, really understand if if we didn't know have the New Testament, we also will talk like the when will the kingdom of God come, Lord? And where will it will be, Lord? Where will we sit? Because there is nothing talked about the kingdom of heaven. The book everybody studies from the Old Testament eschatology is the book of Daniel, which has twelve chapters. But the 12 chapters of Daniel and Daniel's all search and all his visions is connected with Israel on earth. And in the entire book of Daniel, actually, if you look at in Daniel chapter 2, there is only two verses, Daniel chapter 12, verse 3 and 4, which is talking something about eternity. You go over there. Those who are wise shall shine like a go to, we will go from uh, verse 1, 12. It's interesting, right? This is eschatology. At that time, Michael shall stand up the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. This is about Israel. And there shall be time of trouble such as never seen. There was a, as a nation even to that time. At that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who's found written in the book. So it's connected with Israel or not. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteous. No, we missed our words. We missed two. We missed two. Yeah, 12, two, three, four. We'll read like. Many those who sleep in the dust of earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting conduct. That's the only line there about eternity. And how will they be? Those who are wise, brightness, firmament, stars, and then stops there until Daniel shut the book and go. I'm not talking to you more about the kingdom of God. You will not understand. There is a time set for another servant of mine called John in the the island of Patmos. For him I will open up because that generation will understand. It is not about Israel. It's about the kingdom of God. They didn't understand. And the problem is we are acting like old covenant people in the new covenant. This is about Christ. This is about his kingdom. So whenever we read anything, we always have to see it through the kingdom. So if I put a cap on I am I am dishonoring my head which is Christ Jesus. I see worship leaders and all this thing all can, I, you cannot this is not about you this is not even about the people this is about him. This is about him it's not about you. It's about him. When men do that you don't realize you can't do this because this is about him. It's not about you. It's about his glory it's not about your glory. This is about Him. This is, it's about the, when we gather over here, this may be a physical building, but this is not a physical building. This is a spiritual entity called the Kingdom of God has gathered over here. He is in our midst and therefore He receives glory. That's why Paul says in the book of Galatians, even when I preach, I'm not preaching unto you, I'm preaching unto Him because He should be glorified and He should, He should be exalted through my preaching. But today's preaching is all about man. Man is lifted up. Man is exalted. His needs, everything is about. So we have made Christianity into humanism. And that's where the problem comes. It's lifting up Christ and his kingdom. So when a pandemic happens like this, we look through the eyes of God's kingdom. Kingdom eyes, looking up at the things that are unseen. Because that is eternal and this is temporary. Lord, teach me how to read the temporary through the eyes of the eternal. Because temporary is the shadow. This is the substance. How do I read this, Lord? Teach me how to read this. And you have to go back to the old covenant. In the old covenant, we saw part of it yesterday. Plagues. The biggest book about plagues is the book of Exodus. And then it is Revelation. So you have this 10 plagues here and you have 7 plagues here. 10 here because you are under the law and 10 is the number of the law of God's government. 7 is here in the new covenant. 7 is God's number. Perfection. So you have 10 here and 7 there. The parallel books. This is shadow. This is substance. So you read this, you understand. And then in Exodus twelve twelve we saw yesterday. God said, this is the judgment. What is the Judgment. <coughs> Yeah, Exodus 12. 12. I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. See that? I'm executing judgment on the gods of Egypt. All the gods of Egypt. I'm executing judgment. So you have to see first when there is a plague. Because 10 plagues, when there is a plague. He's judging the gods we worship. What happened to your money god, mammon? How many lakhs crores have been wiped out in the Indian stock market? How many trillions? 4.7 trillion is what they're talking about in US. Wiped out. What happened to your god called mammon? What happened to your God called career? How many mothers are sending children out for tuition in the morning now? What happened to your career? That was your God, right? What about cricket coaching early in the morning? Or tennis? What about your idol called sports? You can only watch Old matches, right? There's no current matches taking place. Everything is cancelled, right? Stadiums are empty. Yeah. Olympics has been postponed to 2021, probably. What happened to your entertainment god? These are the gods I'm judging. I'm judging your gods. These are the gods, you Christians. They won't understand. This is not about the world. This is about us. These are the gods you worshipped. You see this judgment does not apply to us because we are still worshipping what we always worshipped in the good times and the bad times. We are still worshipping the same God. We are still studying the same word. We are still preaching the word which we are doing more now than we ever before because our God never changed. Never changed. We are still doing what we always did. So it is not quarantine for us. It is normal life for us. For you it is quarantine. For us this was always our normal life. Nothing I has I changed. So the first thing you need to understand is behind something that is happening, if you see the hand of God, God is judging the gods you and I worshipped. Stand up and take notice. Stand up and take notice. And if you don't see that, and you are still sitting before your TV and watching sports and watching movies and watching junk and reading junk and wasting time, You didn't get the message. You didn't get message. Because after the 10th plague was over, the ones whose eyes were blinded followed Israel. But they were not following Israel. They were going after not Israel, but the God of Israel. And God of Israel destroyed them so completely that their strength was lost. You don't get the lesson of this plague. When you come through unconcerned, you lose your strength don't forget purpose. Don't forget purpose. What is the intention, Lord, behind this? What is the purpose? So what are people saying? Oh, so cool. One forward, speak Psalm 91 over you. I pleaded Psalm 99, and I pleaded the blood, and I'm watching Netflix. What did you think your God was? What did you think this God is? What did you think God is? You made him a toy? No, he's speaking to us loud and clear. Church, body of my son, get your act together. Come through this purer, more beautiful, more clean, more glorious. This should bring you out different. So what is the purpose? Purpose. Exodus chapter 4. Don't forget what God told moses before any plague had begun so you have tenth one he's talking he's his final what behind the scenes you saw in the physical realm israel what i was doing right you saw what i was doing to isparo and egypt now let me tell you what you did not see you thought the judgment was only on realm three realm one sorry you didn't realize the judgment was on realm two i've judged two realms two and three Egypt and the gods of Egypt. Both. Both. You know what, when this is all over, they will try to bring those gods back. Please, please, fill the theatres. Come see the movies. We will give you discount with Pepsi and popcorn free. Come, 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 fill, fill. Even if you have seen it once, see it twice. twice. They will try to feed these gods back. Come back, come back, come back to IPF. Come back, come back, come back. Ticket rates are low. Come back, come back, come back. Every industry will start. Tourism industry, airline industry, subsidized tickets. Everybody will try to feed these gods back into life in us. They will. Because we didn't see the spiritual side. We didn't see the spiritual side. Okay, So God was not judging Israel, Egypt and Pharaoh alone. He was judging realm to the gods they worshipped. So we have to remember what before anything happened. What was his purpose? Why did the plagues come? What is the purpose behind the plagues? Verse, yeah, chapter 4, 22, 23. This is what you are supposed to tell Pharaoh. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go, that he may serve you. What is the purpose? He will serve you. Hebrew, the word for worship and serve is both. It's the same. Both words are interchangeably used in the narrative. Let my son go. He may worship me and he may serve me. That was the purpose behind the ten plagues. Ten plagues over Egypt was to let them go. The sign behind the plagues for Israel is you will go and you will worship me and serve me. So the sign for the world is one thing. The sign for us is different. For them is let them go. For us is worship me and serve me alone. If you come through this. Worship me and serve me. And it's not that. He qualifies it further in chapter 7, Exodus chapter 7. And verse 16, he says, worship me, serve me. And in 16, he says, let my people go, that they may serve me in the Is this world, after this epidemic is over, a wilderness for you? Are you a sojourner and pilgrim? Will this make you a sojourner and pilgrim? At least will this make this world a wilderness? He didn't say, you can serve me anywhere. He said, you will serve me in the wilderness. That's why he took them. Into the wilderness. This world after this should become a wilderness for us. You will serve me, you will worship me, and you will worship me in the wilderness. That's the question. Will us? Will we? Will we? You remember Jesus' temptation, three temptations. And Now we go to Matthew chapter 4 and look at the temptation of Jesus Christ, verse 8 to 11. It's 9 o'clock. I'm not going to stop. We are in no hurry. 8, verse 11. Eight, eight, 4, 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. Okay, this mountain is a spiritual mountain. Can't be a It's not Everest. Spiritual mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world. His kingdoms. He's the prince of this world. He's the king. He and their glory. There's kingdom and glory. Everybody is after the kingdom of this world because there is glory. If there is no glory, nobody will. I say it's one alphabet changes here to there. There is no glory. There is no mothers beating their children. Have you ever seen a mother beating her children for ITI coaching? IIT coaching, yes. IIT makes you a big engineer, ITI makes you a plumber. <laughs> Poor ones in the shanties living in those gully will say, at least be a plumber. Okay? Because she's not looking for glory. She's looking for sustenance. Okay? So there is kingdom. There is glory. That's why I have issues with a lot of today's modern pastors. It's all glory. Oh, the light is upon them. As they are walking, they are superstars and mega stars. And they wear these, not dresses, costumes. They wear costumes. You have to look at it. These are not, that's what Jesus asks the, the people. Why did you go into the wilderness? What did, what, did what did you see? Quote for me, Pastor Vijay. Those dressed, in fine garments? Those dressed in fine garments? That was the Pharisees. No. There is John the Baptist. What is he dressed? In a leather belt and a skin coat. A prophet or more than a prophet? How was he dressed? Yet crowds were going into the wilderness to hear a one-line message. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. They don't look at his costume. They looked at him. And they went into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, a man is standing in the wilderness. And he's dressed like the wilderness, saying that, I am in the world. I'm not part of the world. And my message is not about the world. The message is about the coming king and the coming kingdom. I and my message is the same. It's the same. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Look at me. Look at me. I and the message is one. Okay. So there is an intention. There is a purpose. He took him up and he said, showed all the glory. He said to him, he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus never repent. Rebu- hey, hey wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. It's not yours. He never said, he said it's yours. So I gave it to Adam, Adam gave it to you. It's yours. I understand succession. I don't understand it. Right? My father died, he gave me the property. It's mine. It's written in my name. Nobody's going to come and claim it. It's mine. It belongs to me. Paperwork is mine. So there is a heavenly paperwork given to Adam, subdued, have domain, handed over. Devil says, I subdued him. I subdued him, so I have dominion over him. I have dominion over this world. Now I will use him to create my world. I will use man whom I have subdued and have dominion over to create these fantastic structures. That's why you get these videos from BBC showing all these structures are empty. Oh, devil, where is your glory? Where are your people whom you subdued? God says, all it will take you, oh man, to see this glory of this kingdom. One virus will empty it highways and byways and hotels and tourists, Bhuj Khalifa or this tower and four Tower and Charmina, everything is empty. Without man there is no glory, right? You can have Taj Mahal, but if no tourists go, what is the glory of Taj Mahal? There are many Mahals in India. People don't go, so you don't know it. Why do we have Taj Mahal? Because people go and pay through their nose to go see. One virus got emptied it all emptied it all. I'll give you this glory. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. Away with you. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you will serve. He understood why Moses was sent to Egypt. Let my people go, that they may worship me and so. Why were we set free from the dominion of the devil and the power of sin? First two promises in the Bible. You shall call him Yeshua for he shall save you from your sins. And you shall call him Emmanuel because he is God with us and he will deliver you daily from the power of sin. You are no longer under t- the dominion of Satan. Instead, you shall now in your personal life start exercising dominion over him. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. You shall trample upon snakes and scorpions. and They shall by no means harm you. Grace to reign in righteousness. Not in this world. In righteousness. Because the kingdom of God is connected with righteousness. Not this world. That's how all these preachers have taken all this as misinterpreted it to Old Testament eyes. And people don't realize they have been deceived. They have been totally been deceived. Some of them are absolute crooks. Some of them are nice men, godly men, but blinded because they went back to the law. Because Scripture says, if you go back to the law, immediately you're blinded. Even till today, Jesus says through Paul, when they read Moses, there is a veil over their eyes. And I see wonderful. Some of them I know, they're nice, very nice gentle, godly people, but they've gone back to the law, and they're blinded. And they're bringing more people into blindness. Because that's what the law does. The law does. And they're not even able to see. How will you see? Get back under grace. And then suddenly you will see. Then, scripture says in verse 9, If you will worship me, and Jesus said, yes, sorry, verse, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God, and him only you shall serve. And verse 11 says, Then the devil left him. You want the devil to leave you? Worship God, serve him alone. You want angels to minister to you? Worship God and serve him alone. are an angels sent as ministering spirits to those who are being saved? You want them angelic ministry? In your week hour? Worship God and serve him alone. Alone. That's the key. Everybody worships God. Everybody serves him. But not him Alone. Alone. You cannot worship two entities. You can only worship one. You cannot serve two. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can only serve God or Mammon. It's not possible. This Broadway is trying to say that you can do both. God says no. So it's all about worship. What is pandemic all about? It's about our worship. It's about serving. Who will you worship? Who will you serve? Ramar? Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman, a time is coming and has come. True worshippers will arise, will worship him in truth, in spirit, and in truth. In spirit. They understand the spirit of the law. The letter of the law kills. The spirit gives Life. life. And they understand, this is what my whole life is about. I am serving God. I am serving God. In the city or in the countryside. When I go out or when I coming in. Who am I serving? I am serving God. Whatever I do, Lord, I want to do it unto you so that you are glorified. So Moses went to Pharaoh and told him, Israel is my firstborn. Let him go. That he might serve him. Needs to take how many days? Journey? Three days journey. Three days journey into the wilderness. So let me tell you a question. Interesting. 1,000 years of Jesus Christ on earth. Perfect rule. People enjoy the life. But most of them were deceived at the end. You know why? There may be a remnant among them who did not get deceived. You know why they didn't get deceived? Because even under the 1,000 year reign of Jesus Christ on earth under the saints their eyes were up. They knew this is not still my destiny. My destiny is somewhere else. So they saw even that life as a wilderness. Three days in the wilderness. Two days are over. Third day is coming. But they saw even that day as wilderness. Because this, that life is also not the sum. The sum total is 21. Then I saw a new heaven. This is still the old earth. Mm -hmm. Contaminated by the fall of Adam. Maybe Jesus is ruling. But the system is still messed up. He's restraining sin by two things. One, locking up Satan. Two, holding the scepter of iron. The scepter of iron. He shall rule with the scepter of iron. Stuff laws. So he's restraining sin. But in the new heaven and the new earth, there is no scepter of iron. Satan, sin, flesh, everything is destroyed. What is happening? People are freely, lovingly, happily worshipping God serving him. So even the third year will be kind of wilderness. So I will lead you for three days. Sign of Jonah, three days. Three days. Three days. Book of Joel, right? On the third day, I shall heal you. And when the fourth day begins, that is the eighth day of creation, it's a new beginning. Seventh day, the land will have rest because Christ is in charge. Man's work has stopped. It's Christ's work now understand all this. So when he says all that, our Pharaoh who represents Satan in this Exodus account, not in the Genesis account, chapter 8 and verse 25. Got it? Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, go sacrifice to your God in the land. Thought as a compromise. Thought as a compromise. A little compromise. You want to worship, right? Big deal. What's the big deal? Worship here. Worship here. Why do you have to go to the wilderness? Three days. Why put all that effort? Why do you have to go so far? Take all that trouble. Look, you're for worship. I'm also for worship. We are all worshippers. Most are. I can do it my way. I'll make it easy. I will be build a podium also for you. If you want, you will do it our way. Do, worship your God in our land. Isn't that what has happened to all the churches? Modern churches, they look like pubs, bars, and theaters. And it is a psychedelic color and light and smoke show. Worship in this land. Cartwheels on the stage, girls doing break dance, boys doing break dance. What is God doing? Worship in this land. Worship in this land. You know all these churches, modern churches? They swallowed the first light of the enemy. You can worship. Let's do it this way. You know it will attract the young people. They love music. They love lights. Color lights. And they love big screen. So new churches have this huge screen. And there is lights and sound and music, psychedelic. Oh, they're all excited in their emotions. But when they go out, nothing is there. It's gone. Mm. Fed nicely in the flesh, soul and spirit. It never goes in deep in. Pastors come in like superstars. But that's how Pharaoh was dressed. Pharaoh was dressed like a superstar. Moses was dressed like a shepherd with a staff. So you have two ministries going on side by side, Philadelphia and Laodicea. One is a shepherd, the other is a king. Oh boy. Worship in this land. Worship in this land. The word of God, word of God doesn't need props. We need sound. So whenever I look at you, it's because our sound is going, because clarity. So the message should be heard clear. It's a simple ambience. It's nothing. Everybody said, it's such a cute place. It looks like a home. It is a home. The church was always a home because God is a family man. That's why he shut everybody in the home. The whole family on earth gets its name from God, the mother. The church was always home. For the whole book of Acts, there was no building. They always gathered in homes. And even if you gather in a building, let the building be a home. Homely. Not 35,000 people who don't know each other and the pastor has to be seen through a telescope. Break it into 100 churches and let the shepherd know his sheep. The way the sheep bleeds, the pastor will leer two years later. If he manages to open his email. In this land, let us worship the Lord in this land. First compromise. Worship God our way. Serve God our way. You cannot serve God in the ways of the world. Broad is the way. Narrow is the way. You want to serve God? You have to serve God in His way. What's Moses' first prayer? Lord, if I have found favor in thy sight, show me. Didn't you know all the ways of Egypt? He was a man mighty in words and deed, trained in all the wisdom of Egypt. That's what Stephen says in Acts 7.22. Yet this trained man in all the ways of Egypt realizes this God is not the God of Egypt or one of the gods of Egypt. This is the God of Israel. He can be served only in his ways. So he says, teach me your ways. These are your people. You teach me your ways, I will teach them your ways to move them from point A to point B. If I have to take you people from here, Do there. I need to know his ways and never never change his ways. You know, in Hebrews 3, God says, you know why these people they went astray in their heart because they never knew my ways. You know why churches have gone astray? Because they never sought his ways. They looked at the world, looked around and said, Okay, let's gather our crowds. We'll make a little compromise. compromise. And whenever they speak about the success of their ministry, it's all about the crowds and the buildings. That's the love Look at us! We need nothing. We need nothing. Oh God! We need nothing. No, Pastor Vijay said no. Spiritual reality, unseen reality, and seen reality. See, I am rich. Unseen reality, you are poor. Seen reality, look at my three-piece suit. You are naked. Look at me. I am prosperous. You are wretched. I see. God says you are blind. You know what the church that is going through tribulation called Pergamum, he says, you are poor, but you are rich. Amen. You know what is the other church, he commendation Philadelphia. You are weak, but you are strong in the word. You are weak, but you are strong. Unseen reality, seen reality. Seen reality is irrelevant. What matters is the unseen reality of our lives. And you know how the unseen reality comes? The unseen reality comes when God start shaking up everything. What is unseen is revealed. How do you do? Forwarding, forwarding, corona, 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 sitting in your closets and praying, Lord, let this plague not pass over without multitudes getting saved, Lord. There is a purpose behind it. I should come out purer and let more people get to know Lord. Nobody can go out. Nobody can preach. Even those who are searching on the net, oh Lord, let your divine. And that's how we got all of our subscribers. Did we advertise? No, we prayed, Lord, you divinely guide their eyes. We never advertised. Never, ever did. Ours is one of the simplest websites in the whole world. No picture, nothing. Not even a donate button. How did we get 14,000 subscribers? Nothing. All we prayed is, Lord, you guided them. There are people who are searching. Oh, God who searches the heart of man. Sir, lead them to this, O oh Lord. That's all we asked. If you believe in the unseen, right? The unseen is controlling the seen. Then you need to believe his hand will guide people. Hand will. That's all we did. We don't need ambience. The word of God can stand on its own. It doesn't need props. Okay, background needs to look good because it should not distract us from the word. If it is all black over here, half-torn curtains and all, people will get distracted. So we don't want distraction. That's why we tell people in the worship team, what do we tell? Three things. One, no attraction, no distraction. Don't attract attention to yourself. Worship is not about you. It's about Christ Jesus. Don't come in costumes. I call it costume, you call it something else. But I'm saying, don't draw attention to yourself. Second, don't distract. Don't attract, don't distract. Our problem, through our worship, we turn focus to God. To God. That's all. The focus is Christ. The attraction of heaven is Christ. And on earth, a church lifts Christ up. Because Jesus said, lift me up. And I will draw all men towards me all we are doing. That's Even now, What's what are we doing? Lifting Jesus up. Nothing else. We are not lifting anybody up. We are just lifting Jesus up. That's all. And leave it rest to Him. I can only do the things which I can. I cannot do the things which I cannot. I have to leave it into His hands. What can I do? Lift Him up. I cannot attract people to Christ. I can lift Him up. Each one of us can lift Christ. That's all we can do. We cannot attract people to Christ. That's His job. He said, lift me up. That we do. And then what happens? I will draw all men. Our problem is with all these props and all these things, we are trying to draw men. But what happens at the end? We draw men to ourselves. We don't draw men to Christ. And therefore we have a generation, a time in human history, the Bible is available in every format possible and the most biblically illiterate generation because men attracted people to them and not to Christ. Not to Christ. Not to Christ. Compromise. You want to worship God? You want to serve God? Let's do it here. Let's do it here. Let's do it here. Let's do it the whole way. Then Exodus 8.28. Moses disagreed. He said, no, 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 no. Aisa chalega. We will not worship in this land. We need to go. Farah said, okay, 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 fine, fine, fine. If you are so so rigid about your worship, then okay, so rigid. Oh man, you are a fundamentalist. I consider it a compliment. They call me conservative fundamentalist. It's a compliment. Farah said, I will let you go. That you may sacrifice to the Lord, your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. And then thought Sobidal. so bidal. Interested for me also, okay? Pray for me also, okay? Please pray for me. Where are you going going to church? Pray for me also, okay? I will pray. You want to know what I will pray for you? I will pray for you. Do you want to know what I will pray for you? <laughs> really? <laughs> People will ask you, you know, where are you going to church? Pray for me. Okay, wait a second. Do you want to know what I will pray for you? What will you pray for me? Repent for the kingdom of God is here. That's what I will pray for you. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay, no, no, leave, me. please don't, <laughs> don't pray. For me. Don't pray for me. Leave it, leave it alone. leave it alone. Don't pray for me. Don't go? I mean, all Indian parents, don't go too far. Don't go too far with this Jesus business. Don't go too far, you have become too radicalized. Radical once was a very good word in Christendom. Today, because of all this terrorism and everything, radical becomes a very bad word. But we are radical people. Jesus was very radical about his father. and Everybody tried to dissuade him from going to Jerusalem. He set his face like a flint. He was absolutely radical about his purpose. That even his closest disciples said, Lord, you shouldn't return. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have the heart and the purpose of God in your heart. Radical. His messages were radical when crowds followed him. Wow! How would we love crowds to follow us right now? We'll come like that. God bless you. God bless you. Hello, Singapore. Hello, Houston. Jesus didn't say. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus didn't say any of those things. (laughs) When pastors become politicians, he didn't say. He looked at them and said, if any man, does not hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, his sisters, and even his own life. You cannot be. He was radical. Radical. You know what the devil says? Don't go too far. You can worship. One thing. If you don't go too far, I will provide transportation also. Don't go too far. That's why there are two kinds of churches in China. One is underground, one is overground. Overground is deaf people who never went too far. Government recognized churches. I don't know what they preach. The Bible or the Communist Manifesto? <laughs> <laughs> President Xi, what is his name? Xi. I don't know whether it's a he or a she. His picture stares at you from the back. Not Christ. Christ, he saves. In China, she saves. (laughs) Don't go too far. Don't go too far. See, compromises. You can interpret it in your own personal lives. Can you ever go too far with God? Imagine when mankind is perishing, the father tells his son, son, don't go too far. Father, the son and the council, remember Acts chapter 2, Peter talks about the council in heaven. Okay, it's okay, Vijay, the council in heaven. Trinity is discussing about the salvation of mankind. The son volunteers and says, Father, I will go die for them. This is our plan. The father says, son, don't go too far. That's too radical, son. Go die for these creeps, worms. You, Jacob, you want to die for worms? Think about it. How many of us will actually die for a worm? How many of us, will have, I mean, a worm is a good term. Still a good term. How many of us will die for a worm? If we see and we look at these worms and realize the only way we can save these worms is by dying for it, will we give our lives? Isn't that going too far? If you go tell your father, your mother, I want to die for this worm. When you say, don't go too far, what are you talking about? Don't go. Too far. Too far. Exodus 10. 8 to 11. Third compromise. So the devil still speaks all these things, not to you people personally, to pastors. That's how the church has changed. Then something like this happened they are in quarantine in their houses if they go to their closets and ask God God will tell them this is where you went wrong but it's very difficult when they have gone on the wrong way for a long time and build this edifice oh my gosh how do you go back how do you go back because the structure has been built on name reputation numbers and money I remember the first thing God told me years and years ago before I never wanted to start a church I never wanted to be a pastor and finally I Said yes. He said three things: one, no name; two, don't look at the numbers; three, don't build it on money. You know, all those were there in the first time. You know, no offerings for the first three Sundays. God, we are. The message was: we taught you how to give and how not to give. He said three things: no name, no repeated numbers, and no money. And he said, you are safe. You are safe. Jesus made himself of no name. And he did not have numbers. He died alone on the list. And often when he had to use illustration, he had to borrow a coin. He had no money. But he lacked nothing. But he had no money. So his ministry was not built on money. It was not built on numbers. It was not built on a reputation. Three things. Oh. Exodus eight ten eight. So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh. He said to them, Go serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones that are going? Another question. Who are the ones who are going? Moses said, We will go with our young and our old. Bache and Bude. Dono. Not that Bude will go to church, Bache will go for tuition. So the old will go to church, the young will go to Narayana. Father worshipping Yahweh, children worshipping Narayana. <laughs> our old and, for those who don't understand from abroad, Narayana is the name of a very famous uh, institute, also a Hindu god. You're young and I'm old. With our sons and our daughters don't have to know much about God. Let them just be homely. No. Sons and daughters. Every all our children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be our their peace. And also our flocks and herds. That's the possessions. This is from where Paul understood the revelation. First they gave themselves and then their money. Moses said no. We will all go. Old and young, sons and daughters. And all that we possess. For we must hold a feast. So what is worship? Worship is a celebration. How can you celebrate? Once you know you have given everything, you can celebrate. It's a celebration. Inside you know I have kept nothing back to God. I have given everything. So there is a celebration. That is why Jesus Never held anything back from his father when he walked on earth. Yet he looked at all these people and he loved them. He loved them. He always grieved because he, you know, he always knew who wouldn't make it. So he grieved. He was a man of sorrows because he knew Judas is walking with me. He will not make it. This will not make it. That will not make it. That will not make it. So honestly, I grieve over more over the people who have left the church than the ones who are there. Because I know you are safe. Stay within the four walls, stick to the teaching, walk in that, lead your lives according to what you are. But once you fall away, unless God has moved you for a purpose, you move out, move, go out the wrong way, I grieve over you. The grief is connected with those. So he was a man of sorrows. Yet he held nothing back. Therefore every day inside for him because he gave everything to God it was a celebration. Therefore God anointed him with the oil of gladness more than his companions. So Peter will say, Lord, we left everything. But in the evening he will still go back to his wife and his mother-in-law. And Jesus would go to to garden and sleep there. Because he had given everything. Because everything did not include everything. He said, no, he'll worship the Lord with everything. He'll hold nothing back. And that's why the first time worship is used in the Bible is when Abraham goes up the Mount Moriah to offer his son, Isaac, not Ishmael, Isaac. All my brothers in Middle East, Isaac, not Ishmael. God did not want Ishmael. He wanted Isaac. Ishmael was born of a slave. Isaac was born of a wife. He a wife's child God counted him only. He said, his only son. Please hear this. Don't get wrong, that is it, because Isaac represented Christ. Abraham offered Isaac, God held his hand, but when God offered his own son, he didn't hold his hand. When they are going up, he told his servants, "The son and I will go up and? First true worship is in the Bible. When an old man called Abraham held nothing back, that was his entire life. Compromise? We must hold a feast to the Lord. He said to them, The Lord had better be with you when I let you and the little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord. For that is what you decide. Jesus, what? Do you want to go with his little ones? What kind of a father are you? Three days journey into the wilderness with your little ones? Very compassionate Pharaoh. You are taking these little ones to GTC to sit through two hours of teaching? They can't sit the b- b- class for 20 minutes without getting restless. You have no compassion. This is the unbelieving spouse telling the believing spouse. No compassion. Unbelievers become very compassionate. What kind of man are you, Moses. This little one's bichare. Tell them to that. Take them to that church. 40 minutes service. Everything will be over. Like how I began. My, not, not as a believer, but when I came to India to the church. 40 minutes flat. First I went to another church, which was Syrian. There it was two hours and your knees hurt because the carpet was made of choir. Kneel down, get up. <laughs> kneel down, get up. <laughs> kneel down, get up. <laughs> Boy, It was hurting. I didn't understand anything. Then finally I asked my grandfather, this another one here. Can I go? There I found it was very easy. 40 minutes, you're done. Only only problem was first day I went, I left my sandals there. When I came out, sandals disappeared. (laughs) Okay. So I went and told the priest, the priest says, what can you do? They steal chapels from the church also. Next day he hardly preached, he preached for 10 minutes. Next day, next Sunday sermon was on my lost sandals. Okay. But this time I was very careful. Second Sunday I sat near the store, door, like we have to sit on the floor. I kept a one, I watch and pray. I didn't know that, but I watched very carefully. Everybody is thinking what's up or not. My entire concentration was on my footwear. That is how I began. So we always choose the easy way out. Easy. We always choose the easy way for our children. Because we think, like, like I said two Sundays back, no? In, uh, when we had the service at the house hall because we did not have auditorium and we did not have the uh, place for sunday school we'll continue the 1950, 1900 tradition of the church the church never had sunday school the children sat with the parents and heard the same thing like i said if we can if you think your children can understand calculus trigonometry and algebra and biology physics chemistry where do you think they can understand the scripture What do you think they are, calendar? Why is that? You put them in class seven and eight, them and they are doing everything and sitting. But when you come to Sunday school, Father Abraham had many sons. What do you think they are? Idiots. <laughs> 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 and that is why we have the most biblically illiterate generation. While in wickedness, their intelligence wise as a serpent. Cause. We thought they wouldn't understand. They wouldn't understand. They wouldn't understand. Oh, no, 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 you little ones, three-day journey. My gosh, you men go. So what does the devil do? Through the Pharaoh, he tries to divide the family from worshipping together. Does that happen in your house? Does the family worship together? Father, mother, children, altar worship together you know the, you know the power of worshiping together what oh, this tremendous threat came to Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat did not know what to do he went there put everything and how did they stand before God fathers mothers and little children all of them stood before God and said it's not the father's problem alone it's everybody's problem Pandemic is not affecting the fathers alone, it's affecting everybody. So it's not a father alone who has to be taught about God and to walk by faith, the children too. And they stood there and immediately the word of God says, you don't have to fight. You just have to sing and then worship me. Battle belongs to me. The whole stood family by family, clan by clan, they stood before God. We got the intelligence of the world into our heads and we cut down worship and mothers intervene, fathers intervene and the worship is gone, the altar is gone and before you, you know, you break the family altar I am telling you, the children will go the way of the world. You cannot have disunity there. You have to have unity around the altar. Altar. Let the men go. And they were driven out. Another set of plagues and finally he's starting to relent. Go to chapter 10 and verse 24. I cannot stop until I finish these brothers and sisters. You are quarantined. Nobody has to wake up to go to school. So you don't fool me. Because this is a universal law. Everybody is quarantined. You are free at home. And other parts of the world, they are much behind us. So they have no complaints. They are two hours, three hours, four hours. Some of them people have just woken up. So they have no issue with time. India, no complaints. Yeah, ten. Then the Lord called Moses and said, Go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. He said, Go, go, go. Father, mother, children, everybody go. But leave your possessions behind. Jesus said, Where your treasure is? They say, how it is? How it is? Pharaoh is very smart. It's not a Pharaoh speaking. These Pharaohs are not fools. The devil speaking through the Pharaoh. You want to go worship? Go. As a family, go. But leave your wallet behind. Leave your wallet behind. Leave your wallet behind. You don't have to worship God. With money. But if you don't worship God with your money, you will worship your money. Wow. Yeah, wow. That's the problem. If you don't worship God with your money, you will worship money. Oh, this man. said, Oh, what a harvest this year. Okay, I will buy this new barns, break all this down and fit. Okay, More than I will merge this corporation. I will buy that one with 500 million cash. That's how corporations are being bought today. No? And I will merge this thing and merge this thing and I will make a larger corporation. And God says, you fool. You fool. Don't you know your soul will be required today? Why? Because you merged this corporation? No, because you were not rich towards God. You are not rich towards God. You are not rich towards God. So scripture says one day Jesus was sitting at the treasury watching people put, a lot of people came and put, tarang, tarang, big bundles are being put like Virupati, big, big bundles are being put. Then a poor widow came and put her two mites. That was all she had. Just said, she has given more than. Why? Proportion, 100%. Your giving is never counted by what you gave. Your giving is also count, always counted by what you kept back. Have you given your everything to God? Or have you kept something away from God? The first worshipper in the Bible that way is Moses. Sorry, Abraham. When he gave everything, he took his son, put him in the altar, Tied him and lifted his knife. He had given over everything. God said, I'm your friend. You know, Abraham, because you gave me your son, one day, I'll give you my son. I'll give you my son. You gave me your son. I won't take him. I'll give him back to you. But I'll give you my son so that you will become the father of all nations through my son. Because you gave me my son. Because God is no man's debtor. Abraham cannot say, I gave God my son and he gave me a ram. He will say, I gave God Isaac and God gave Jesus. God is no man's debtor. So what do they say? You cannot go, everybody can go, but take your, leave your, Possessions behind. Oh, now we know that Corinthian passage. Pastor Vijay has beautifully explained all that. In your poverty, in your poverty, in your abundance. Okay. You know why these things don't bother me at all? Pandemic or the famine that will follow. I told my wife also today. Back, you know, we don't fear this at all. I said, why? Because this famine is for the world, but we have always been sowing in famine. Given and 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 given. All I know is giving, 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 giving. giving. Whatever people say, give, give, give. So how can we lack when the real famine comes? Will not. Nothing will happen. We'll come through. We'll come through this better than before. Why? Simply because God is not. If I don't, we don't come through as a church and as a people and as a family through this. Then God is my debtor. God is my debtor. And God is no man's debtor. That's where your your strength comes, because you understand the ways of God. That's where your strength comes, your assurance comes. You know? And He will come through for you. Why? Because you did not hold anything back. Didn't hold anything back. Let your little ones go. pipes go, everybody go. But leave your hurts behind. So you have to ask this question. During this quarantine season, quarantine by God, we are entered into a closet. What have I held back from God yet? Am I holding anything back? Which the ruler of this world loves. He knows. Satan also is in the unseen realm. He knows where he can touch you, which you will hold it back for yourself. What you keep for yourself belongs to the devil. Know that. If any man loves his father, mother, wife, children, his own self. Okay I don't love my father, mother, wife, children more than you, but you know what myself a little God, that belongs to the devil that belongs to the Pharaoh, that part of you which you love yourself belongs to the devil. it doesn't belong to God. He will use you. That's what we heard many morning also heard. Isaac loved God, he allowed his father, he fasted to get a wife, he fasted for twenty years to get the wife for the wife to conceive all that, but he loved a little of his himself. you know what that was that was meat, he loved meat. That is his A little, this whole thing he surrendered to God except the belly. That he didn't get. That, he didn't get. And the devil says, yeah, Isaac's belly is mine. Feet are gods, hands are gods, head are gods, eyes are gods, ears are gods, everything. Belly is mine. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'll handle him through his belly. Get him through his belly. And he got him through his belly. Because he held back himself. a little part of himself. God says, have we? Have we? Then finally, Pharaoh after everything. Firstborn is also. Exodus 12. 31, 32. Pharaoh relents. 12, 31, 32. Exodus 12, 32. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks, your herds as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. Please, please, take everything and go. If the world were to get to really know that all the judgment that is happening upon the world is because of God's righteous people, they will say, take everything and just go. Leave us alone. And Christ will say, fine. ta The judge will go. Nations and systems and dispensations will all rise and say, these are the problems. These are the ones, these are the ones, these are the ones, these are the ones. They are converting. It's India, Muslim country. They are converting liberal countries. They are against homosexuality. They are against abortion. They are against transgenderism. Away with them. God will finally say, okay, away with you, come. Then, I will destroy them. I will destroy them. The church to reflect at a time like this. What have you become? What have you become? What have you become? Where are we standing? How are we using this? We are not isolated technically from the virus. We are isolated from the world unto God. We are isolated from the world Unto God, and how are we going to use this time till 31st or April, whatever, how many days? How are we going to use this time? How are we going to spend our time? Edifying ourselves, sharpening, like our sharpened nicely by Pastor Vijay's message in the morning, sharpening each other. That's what we do, believers, sharpening each other so that we can become God's cutting edge. That we only get better and better and better in the spiritual realm. And not worse. Not blunt. But sharper. You know, you need to sharpen a knife. You need to use two knives. So that you can cut better. That's what brothers do. Sharpen each other. So as we close. For today. Because it's 10 o'clock. So I have much to preach. As we close. We are not discouraged. We are not distraught. We are not afraid. Life and death is in the hands of God. It's not in anybody's hands. Not even the devil's hands. The devil can kill only the unbelieving. God calls his children home. So death holds no fear for us and should not hold any fear for anyone who is listening. No fear. That's what David said. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, the shadow is there, I can feel it, I can see it. Sometimes I feel the shadow ahead of me. Sometimes I see it behind me. But it is always around me. We will not fear. Then one day in his life, he feared that shadow. And he ran into the Philistine territory. And he ended up serving the God of this world, Akish, for 16 months. He became a slave to the ruler of this world because of fear. And he built a big ministry called Ziglag, But God burned it down to the ground. ground. Three days later when he reached, scripture says, they cried until they had no strength. The soldiers were crying because of loss. But I know David was crying in repentance. Because the soldiers picked up stones to stone him. But David encouraged him in the Lord. And he called Abiatar, Bring the effort. Ask of the Lord. The Lord immediately answered. Pursue. Overtake. Recover all. Three words. Seventy-two hours later, the shadow of death had passed over. Light broke through. He defeated his enemies, who had stolen everything. He recovered everything the devil had taken. And above all, the enemy that pursued him all these years, Saul was dead in the hands of David's enemies. He was free. We will not fear disease or death. We will not magnify or glorify disease or death. We will glorify Jesus. It is not by the law anybody was healed. It was not by observing the law not a single man was healed. It was just by the mercy and the compassion and the goodness of God and God alone. That's why when John pointed Jesus out to his disciples, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world and they started following him, he turned back and asked, what do you seek? Lord, where do you stay? He said, come and see. When the blind man went after him, he said, what do you seek? When Bati shouted loudly, he said, what do you seek? They were all falling at God's mercy. Mercy, mercy alone. Maybe faith, but faith is tapping into the mercy of God. Faith understands the nature, the kindness, the goodness, the mercy of God. And it's the mercy of God that heals. It's the goodness of God that heals. It's the grace of God that heals. It's not my faith. It's my faith in God. Jesus said, believe in God and believe in me too. That's why Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Every morning when you and I arise, what we need is mercy. And His mercy endures forever towards those who love Him. I can always bank on God's mercy. If I love him. The prodigal son came back home from the pig's land. He had sold himself to another man to serve his pigs. He came to his senses. And he came under the weight of the law. Because under the law you are always a slave or servant. So he said, I will go back to my father's. And I will say I am not your son. I am your servant. But when he came. The father did not receive him as a servant. He received him as a son. Because grace sees only sons. It sees no servants. It sees no slaves. The law only sees slaves. And brethren if you go back under the law. You become a slave again. To the former things from which you were delivered. The grace you are a son. You are a daughter. And mercy is free. The father put his arms around him. Hugged him. Scripture says the father ran toward the son. The son must have been dragging his feet under the weight of the law. But grace gives wings grace has strength grace has power grace runs towards you even when law drags you it was not law that saved us it was grace that saved us it was not that law took us up law weighed us down it was taking us down to hell it was grace that came down grace that came down grace did not only hug him grace covered him Grace put sandals on his feet and a ring on his finger and then Grace celebrated. Today if there is anybody who is watching, hearing, you need to come back home. Telling you, you need to come back, back to the Father. Come back. Come back now. Come back now. Back to the Father's house. Back to the Father's arms. Do you know the strength of that arms? Do you know the strength that love gives? God never fails. Love never fails. Love has supernatural strength. That's what Mary Magdalene told Jesus whom she mistook for a gardener. Sir, where have you buried my savior, my lord, that I might take him from here? Because love gives strength. If Mary had that strength in her love, how much more the love of God. Come back home. Come back home to the Father. Come back. Oh, my Hindu brother, if you're watching, my Muslim brother, if you're watching, come back to the Father. Come back. I'll put his arms around you. You wipe those tears away. All that filth, You gathered, accumulated in that big pen. He will cover it with a robe of righteousness. Your nakedness is forever covered. Your filth will be never more seen. Oh, for the blood, the blood of the Lamb, washes us pure. The death angel passes over. And the enemies that pursued you will drown in the Red Sea, never to rise again. You can walk in the wilderness with God. Don't complain. Don't complain. Don't grumble. In the wilderness there is God. You are not alone in the wilderness. Have the heart of Moses and say, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with me, I will not move from this wilderness. I did not leave Egypt for the promised land. I left Egypt for you. I did not leave everything for a good life. I left for a life with you. You are my life. You are my life. Wherever you lead me is paradise for me. Whether it is in my father's house or whether as a slave in Potiphar's house, if you are with me, it's heaven for me. And if I am falsely accused and thrown into the dungeon with chains around my neck and my hands and my feet, but if you are with me, it's heaven for me. Because it's you I sought. You I loved. You are the lover of my soul. And Lord, I want to tell you today, I too am the lover of your soul. You are the fairest of ten thousand to me. The lily in the valley. The morning star. The only one. There's none beside thee. Come Lord Jesus. I see Lord people are crying. In the spirit. They are crying. They are crying. They are on their knees. They are on the ground, Lord. They are crying. And you are there with them. Cover them. Heal them. The balm of Gilead flow. Heal them. Deliver them. From the power of the enemy. I command every demonic entity to leave these children. God's children are there today. Because they have believed in the name of Yeshua. Leave now in Jesus name. You have no more power over them. Maybe one day they sold. Bend their knee to Baphomet. But the power of Baphomet is broken over your life now. Now. Every demonic altar will go down. Now. As I speak. Go down to the level 13, 12, 11. Go down. Now. From level 1, you will all go down now. Go now. Down now. Everyone who is called the name of Yeshua shall be saved. Go down now. There will be no demonic altar in level 1. Everyone go down. And I pray, Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, our God, the God of Jesus, you will send a ministering spirit to them and you will close level 1 and level 2 now. The angel will stand there and it will never allow a demonic entity to come up. For whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. You will experience the deliverance of the Lord because he will send his delivering angels. If you could send Michael for Daniel, you will send some angel for your children now, Lord. Aren't we greater? Greater than the greatest in the Old Testament. Cover them. Cover them, Lord. Cover them. I know what I am saying. I know what I am saying. You are safe, child of God. You are out of the circle. The circle is broken in the name of Jesus. When you got in, they told you, you can get in, but you cannot get out. But the God of Israel has delivered you. He's broken the circle. You are out. You are free. And you closed the levels. Fire fall. On the eye of Horus. Burn it. The eye of Horus. Egyptian God. Baphomet's eyes are blinded. He will never see you again. You are free. You are free. You are free. And if you are a pastor watching. And you watch now. Sometime. And you sold yourself to Baphomet. Come out now. Because your judgment is greater than all the others. He said, I will cut you into pieces and throw you into outer darkness for deceiving my people. Mm -hmm. Repent before it is too late. Come out. Your ministry is not worth it. Your fame and reputation is worth it. There is no fame or reputation in hell. Mm -hmm. Scripture says hell has enlarged itself. Yes, there is a red carpet there, but it is of flames. There is worms that will never die. So you who call yourself a pastor by day and you are a master by night, repent and come out. Come out. Come out. He will have mercy on you. He will have mercy on you. Come out. Leave the circle. Come out. God will set you free. He may take your ministry away. He may give you a new one. Leave it to God. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. If you have doubts, ask the rich man. Tormented in hell, crying out for a drop of water. For a tongue he doesn't have. Caught in eternity, in hellfire. Nobody has to go there. Not a single soul has to go there. Because Christ has paid it all. And he said it is finished. And for all of you God's children who are watching. Go forward with God in this journey. Don't go back. Don't go back. It's like Paul. Renewed into. Renewed energy. Renewed in strength. Pressing forward. What he caught hold of each one of us. Lord. I'm running for a price. And that price is you. I'm not even running for a crown. I'm running for you. You are my price. You are my price. Running for you. Thank you Father. Thank you. Plead the blood of Jesus once again. Over all your children. Wherever they are. Children. Speak healing into everybody. Anybody who is watching has been contaminated by this virus. The virus will leave in Jesus' name. name If you have surrendered your body to the Lord, it is written, the body for the Lord and the Lord for the body. The body for the Lord, it is written. It's a new covenant promise. Not an old covenant promise. New covenant. Body for the Lord, the Lord for the body. It doesn't matter what your illness is. Whether it is corona, hives, Lyme's disease, HIV, AIDS, it's irrelevant. It is written, "I am the God who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases." Both, you are forgiven, and He says, "You are healed." Body for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Arise and walk. Pick up your mat. That old life, roll it up, throw it away. Don't leave it there. You will come back, go back to it. Don't go back to it. Rise and walk. Rise and walk. For whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. Thank you, thank you, Father. We just thank you, Lord. We are nothing, just vessels. Whatever has flown through this body is yours. It's not mine. The power is not mine. The grace is not mine. The mercy is not mine. The glory is not mine. The honor is not mine. It is nothing. We are nothing. You are everything. So, Father, all we can do standing here in this sanctuary and all our rooms and houses and places wherever your people are, we lift up holy hands, believing the word of God, the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit has sanctified us. We lift up holy hands. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We open our mouths and we proclaim, we declare in the heavenly realms, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. All God's people said, Amen. amen. the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each one of us. Amen, and Amen, and Amen.